if you think about installing air conditioning in your home, you can also think about maybe don't do that, but yeah. install uh, a smart window. Mm -hmm. And then you also have a cooler uh, room temperature. Hello and welcome to the fourth edition of the Brightest Material Center podcast series, Sharing Sustainable Innovations. Today we're going to talk about um, the invention, the development of smart windows by Daniel Mann. And after our last podcast series and his um, publishing of his studies, uh, his simulation studies of the smart windows, we received a lot of questions which we are going to uh, ask to Daniel today. Welcome, Daniel. Hello, Astrid. Thank you for inviting me again. I was very interested in the last podcast series where you were uh, interviewing Laudibau. It was uh, very nice, very good to listen to, very interesting. It's it's good to listen to your customers, huh? to listen what they want and what what drives them. Yeah, definitely. definitely. It's very important for us to, to know uh, industry, to know the market and to know what they want. And they want it all. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Um, Daniel, last time we were talking about your current development, a smart window coating and um, the building energy simulation, if I uh, pronounce it well, of the building energy simulation study that you re recently published. You received a lot of questions there after publishing your paper. Um, and I would like to discuss them with you. Is it okay? Yeah, definitely. So we were very happy that uh, we got this uh, nice feedback uh, from all those people about the study, but also about the, the smart window. So yeah, happy to answer some questions. So let's get it started then. Some people are wondering, how does this innovation um, uh, compares to other available solutions already out there? So, uh, yeah, that's something which we touched upon in the uh, building energy simulation study, actually. So there we compared the, the smart window to other um, energy-efficient glazing systems which are already on the market. And there we could show, actually, that uh, the smart window outperforms all other uh, available systems in intermediate regions. So, for example, here in the Netherlands. And it outperforms in every aspect of it, of what's... What's the main... So it outperforms it in, in total uh, energy savings over the year. So, uh, yeah, as we uh, thought in one of the previous podcasts, so it you save energy for heating and for cooling simultaneously. And if you put it all together over the year, um, then it has the lowest energy consumption. And for example, uh, you can uh, increase the savings from a standard low E by 10% if you choose the smart window. Yeah, and I read about 22% uh, uh, savings. It's, it's yeah, that's huge. In, yeah, that's in comparison to a, to a clear glass. So if you just have a normal double glazing without any energy-efficient coating on it. Yeah. You must be... Were you surprised too when you read those results? Yeah, definitely. So the thing is obviously we have those people in the labs who are working uh, on preparing those, uh, those coatings, developing the, the new materials and then are measuring the optical properties. Then they deliver these optical properties to me and I perform these, uh, these uh, simulations. And the optical properties already looked quite promising to me as a scientist, mm -hmm. but that we actually get these big numbers in energy savings out of these simulations was also a surprise to me and to the whole team. Yeah. Um, you 
wrote uh, in your paper as well about the payback time of seven years. Uh, where was it based upon? So these seven years is actually an estimation uh, that we have uh, calculated from the, the cost savings uh, which we calculate for the, uh, for the smart window um, and uh, compare these savings to uh, prices of, uh, current prices of HR++ class, which is uh, energy-efficient glazing, which is already on the market. And um, because for the smart window, in the end, we expect a similar cost price for, for the end consumer as currently there is for HR++ class. And what do you think for the industry? Seven years, is it reasonable? Yeah, so seven years is actually what, what we get back from industry, but also from, from homeowners. This is a very good payback period. Mm -hmm. um, so when you think about that, uh, yeah, a window has the average lifetime of maybe 15 to 20 years, something like this. Yeah. So if after seven years you already have the money which you invested in the window back and all the rest is then benefit, so that... Uh, It's an interesting investment. Another question. There were people who mentioned that there is already a solution like this on the market. Like a window, it's more like a film that keeps shortwave heat radiation from the sun outside in the summer and a longwave heat radiation from, for example, the radiator inside in the winter. What, is your, what would you like to say to them? Yeah, so we know about this solution. So this uh, actually what what Tia was talking about was a was a window film which can be retrofitted uh, to an existing window. But also when you buy a new window, you can you can have uh, those functionalities, um, which is also one of the systems which we compared in the uh, in our study. So the spotted silver low E coating, which uh, reduces the solar heat gain of the window, so reduces um, the uh, cooling demand in summer but also has the increased insulation from the low E. But for those systems, the, the issue is, which you have in, in, uh, in cold conditions or in winter, is that you still block the solar mm -hmm. heat. So you have the increased insulation, but you still block the solar heat. Um, and therefore, your, your uh, heating demand is, is not as low as it could be mm -hmm. if you could use the solar heat. And that's actually where, where our... Um, smart window is, is different mm -hmm. so that it actually changes the uh, the solar heat gain. So yeah. you block this solar heat in summer, but you uh, keep it inside or you, you uh, leave it through um, in winter. So that's really key to your uh, yeah, so material yeah. you invited. Yeah. It, it, it can think, it can react on the circumstances. Yeah, yeah. And so that's that's the benefit and that's the new aspect which is not uh, not available on the market for now, yeah. So that's really innovation, Daniel. Great. <laughs> Great to hear. Um, I think that's a, a very clear uh, answer on that. So thank you for that. Someone else was interested in what are the benefits of your development in comparison to Sage glass? Do I pronounce that right? Sage glass. Sage glass. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What is it exactly? So sage glass is also uh, a window which which switches its properties, um, but it's uh, it's called an electrochromic window. That means that the switch is uh, when you apply uh, a current or a voltage. Yeah? So you have to uh, push a switch, mm -hmm. which then uh, changes the voltage, and then uh, the Uh, the, the optics of the of mm -hmm. the window changes, uh? mm -hmm. and that's the difference uh, for for our thermochromic coating, which 
uh, switches autonomously at a uh, special temperature. So you can just uh, build it in a normal framing. For, for an electrochromic uh, window, you need wiring because it's, uh, it's switched by, uh, by electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the differences. Uh, another so there's no, the difference is there's no in intervention needed anymore. Yeah, you don't. You you as a customer, you don't have to do anything. No. And the other thing is that for for our window, also you don't see anything because mm-hmm. the switch is only in the part of the uh, of the sunlight, which only contributes to heating. Mm-hmm. But for electrochromic windows, it's uh, the switch is also a large part in in the visible, so mm-hmm. that uh, the tinting of the of the glass increases. You know that maybe from. Uh, uh, from from uh, new planes or, or uh, expensive cars have that sometimes, so that you can maybe push a switch, or or maybe the the switch is attached to uh, to a sensor, mm-hmm. which then at some point uh, um, uh, changes changes, and then mm-hmm. you get an increased tinting level on the on the window. Yeah, but you, yeah. Are there people who want that? I don't want, you know, I just don't want to see the difference in my home. If I have a smart window, it must look like yeah, it's a different, a normal it's a window. different type of application yeah. actually. Yeah. So, um, for example, what you also can think about in, in electrochromics is that you have a, a um, yeah, in for example, um, a door or a wall inside your building where at some point you want to see through and at another point you don't oh, yeah. want to see through. And then you can switch that. So it's a different type of application. So it's not really comparable. And the other thing which you have for ecle- electrochromics is that it's quite expensive. Um, so that's also a difference that we are looking for affordable solutions which actually a normal homeowner can, can buy. Yeah. I once was in Brussels uh, and I, it, it wasn't, um, I had to go to the toilet. It was in a restaurant and... I was looking for the toilets and I only saw those doors which you can <laughs> see through. <laughs> and only when you closed it, then it would, you know, change its color and you wouldn't see through. So that was a kind of... Yeah, uh, that's possible that this was, uh, uh, this was a kind of electrochromic glass. It's very funny, but uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't like to have it in my home though. <laughs> so also people are curious, Daniel, why the smart window blocks heat from the sun in summer, but not in the winter? Is there some kind of a switch there, they're asking? It sounds a bit magical, they <laughs> say. You already answered a bit just before, but what would you like to say yeah, here? Yeah. yeah, so there definitely is a switch. and it's, uh, Yeah, it's nice to hear that people find it magical. It's, yeah, it's a nice it's, word. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, so the switch actually there, as I said, it's, it's depending on, on the temperature. And uh, it functions like that the material of the coating changes its crystal structure uh, depending on a, on a certain temperature huh? so that the, the structure of the crystals changes. And um, with this change in crystal structure, there also comes a change in electrical and optical properties. So these two crystal structures that have different properties. Um, and that means that uh, you can then block uh, solar heat at, uh, at high temperatures and you can uh, uh, let it pass in, in cold temperatures. And can you see that happening under a microscope or not? Um, so you, you don't see it happening you, you outside. Can, no, it, you don't see it. You so see the, the thing is, you can you can see it when you when you measure the the optics. Okay. Um, the different crystal structures. So with a with a normal light microscope, you don't see it because it's too small. 
yeah. But for example, uh, one example which which you may know, which is also thermochromic material, but another thermochromic material is there are those mugs when you pour in uh, hot coffee or hot tea that yeah. they change their color. Yeah. So this is actually also a thermochromic material. Okay. Uh, so this is the same same effect that happens there. It yeah. reacts on the surroundings. Right. Yeah, it reacts on temperature. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's next? What is the lifespan of the coating? Uh, what is the um, when you look at the constant effect over the years? Uh, that's one question, and another one is: is it recyclable too? So let's just first answer the first question. What is the lifespan of the coating? Um, so currently, uh, we are still uh, testing the the lifetime. So this is still ongoing. Okay. Um, for now, we don't see any deterioration of the switching mechanism uh, for a lifetime up to, to 10 years. So there, in our uh, instruments, we can always switch mat the material from, from cold to hot and from hot to cold uh, multiple times. And yeah. then when you think about that maybe you have uh, in, a, in a window, you would have one switch per day. Mm -hmm. And you would say, okay, for if, if it withstands 365 switches, then it withstands one year. Yeah. And there currently we are at, uh, at uh, um, usage uh, equal to 10 years, which, is, uh, which it still withstands without any deterioration. Okay. Um, but we expect in the end that, that we will reach similar lifetimes as normal windows. So 15 to 20 years, that's what, what we aim for in the end. Yeah. Okay, so that's a good result, I think. Yeah, definitely. But we get an answer in probably in another episode. Yeah, so <laughs> we can back. talk about that uh, when we have all the results in. Yeah, that's why it's called research and development. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're in the development phase here. Yeah. Um, and the second question was: Is the glass recyclable? Yeah. So uh, for uh, the recyclability, um, at the end of its lifetime, the coating can be removed from the glass. So that's possible. And therefore, then you again only have the, the blank glass, which is completely recyclable. Um, but what I have to say to that is that currently um, windows from, from a building, which is at the end of its lifetime, so when the building is demolished, windows are not really recycled into new uh, glass products at the moment. Uh, so for this, actually, policy have to, has to change and also industry has to uh, implement new recycling schemes. But okay. if that's done, then yeah, it is possible. it's possible to do okay. that. Yeah. And there was another question. I don't know where it is, but um, um, where is the coating on? Is it from the outside or is it inside or is it in between the glass? Or where, where, can, where yeah. is it yeah. placed? So when you, when you think about a double glazing window, so you have, you have two, uh, two glass panes. One is on the outside and one is on the inside. Yes. And each of these glass panes has two, two uh, sides. sides huh? And the coating is attached to the, to the inner side of the outer glass pane so ah, that it is okay. in contact with the, with the air gap inside the, the double glazing. And that's very important once for the functionality. So at this side, actually, the, it has the, the main benefit from an energy perspective, mm -hmm. but also that it's not in contact with the, with outside, the outside environment mm -hmm. because, yeah, you know, the outside environment yeah. can be quite harsh yes. and uh, this can have an issue for, for mm -hmm. these coatings. But that's actually in, in general. For most of these energy-efficient coatings, they are uh, located at, at this side too as... Uh, but cool. even then, when it's really inside, the recyclability, uh, the possibility is there. 
Yeah, the possibility is there. So what you okay. actually can do, you can take out your window, you can remove the frame, then you again have two has two glass uh, panes, and then, uh, and then you can remove, remove the coating, and you can yeah, yeah okay, grind down the glass and use it as raw material. No? That's <laughs> oh, let's opt for that. <laughs> Curious why it's not recycled? Uh, yet. It's too uh, too costly. Ah. It's uh, it's just uh, from a cost perspective for the producer. It's not. Uh, it's always about money, is it? Yeah, of course. And that, that's why regulations have to change. So if yeah. if policy changes that uh, companies, for example, have to use this and this amount of, of recycled glass, mm -hmm. or if they subsidize uh, recycling of, of windows or stuff like this, then this can change. But otherwise, it's it's just not uh, yeah profitable. No. Thanks, uh, Daniel. Back to the... We have some questions left. Mm. Um, your simulation study shows that 22% uh, savings that they have been achieved under laboratory conditions. And uh, the question is, how then do you know that this is also possible in real-life situations mm. outside there? Yeah. yeah. I think we shortly touched upon that a bit on in our discussion on the uh, simulation study. So obviously these 22% savings in the Netherlands are calculated for one specific uh, building type, so this freestanding building. Yes. If you are uh, living in a, in a different house, then this number will be a bit different. So we're working on additional simulations to also give give people who are living in, in other houses um, uh, uh, more numbers which are more similar to their own uh, living situation. Mm -hmm. um, but in general, what can be said is that these simulations are quite accurate for, um, in comparison to... to you only need me more time to do more. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. And then also when we are uh, at a later stage of um, of the development, we also really want to to test that in houses, as was also uh, touched upon by by Laudibau, which who already has some some buildings where we could install these yeah. type of windows and mm -hmm. where this could be monitored. Mm -hmm. And then that's help. yeah, that helps. And then that's also an interesting part then for us to actually compare these measured values to the simulated values to see how yeah. much they, uh, or how they compare. Yeah. I can imagine, as a scientist, you want to know, you want mm. to see it yeah, happening. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> would be great. Another person said, and then we elaborate more a bit, I think, on what uh, was shared by you in the second episode. It seems that the result in cost savings are only in an office building uh, where mechanical cooling was available. And if you do not cool your home with air conditioning in the summer... He says so. He thinks you have no savings at all and your house just warms up less. Mm. Yes. What do you think of that? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a valid question. So the, the thing definitely is if you do not have an air conditioning system in your, in your house, uh, then you cannot reduce your cooling costs no. because you don't have any cooling costs. No. Yeah. But still the uh, smart window also uh, has an impact on, on heating costs in summer. And mm -hmm. I think everyone is heating their building. Mm -hmm. and so you will have uh, energy savings, which obviously will not be as high as if you also have air conditioning. Mm -hmm. But the other additional thing which you which you have, which is, I think, touched upon a bit in this question, is that you have an increased comfort level. No? Mm -hmm. So that in summer, even if you, if you don't have an air conditioning, you have a colder room temperature. Um, and therefore, you could also think about it 
a bit as maybe an alternative to air conditioning. So if you think about installing air conditioning in your home, you can also think about maybe don't do that, but yeah. install uh, a smart window. Mm-hmm. And then you also have a cooler uh, room temperature. So, okay. Ah, that's clear. So it works a bit like, an, indeed, it's a nice parallel, like an air conditioning, mm. your window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. People are also wondering if the coating, um, uh, you just answered it, on the outside of the or the inside of the outer glass pane of the weight. So it's, it's in the inside on the outer part, you, you explained. Um, another question. Someone was asking if the smart window will be on the long run affordable for homeowners. Oh, yeah. So I think that's a very important point. And uh, that's obviously our intention. Uh, so we, in our development, we aim for a price which is similar to HR++ glazing, mm-hmm. uh, which is currently on the market, and that you can have a return on invest in, in seven years. I think we talked about that in a previous question. Yes, true. Um, but, yeah, in the end, we are a research institute, uh, or research and development uh, company or, or organization. So we are not going to sell a final product. So in the end, we won't have too much influence on the final price. This will be determined by the company who is going to sell it. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, But it is already affordable. Yeah, so the thing is that that what we develop, so the materials which we use and the... um, uh, and the procedures to to apply the coating are quite cheap. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, with with the calculations that we did, uh, we think that uh, it should be possible to to put it on the market so that the end user can can have a return on invest in seven years and that there still is a reasonable prof- uh, profit margin for the producer. So yeah. it's depending on parties like Laudibau, how much margin they will put put on it to if it's affordable for. You know, um, yeah, but but Laudibau, they are not they are not it's selling the window either. So it would okay. be a glass company, for example, okay. who is okay. selling it. Yeah. yeah. So you're depending on that, but what you say it 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 is it is doable for yeah. consumers. Yeah, it should be should be to doable. buy. Yeah. Okay. Um, those were the questions what that we received, uh, Daniel. I am still wondering. You published a study a couple of weeks ago. Um, did you make already any progress or any further progress at your research centrum in the meantime? Yeah, I think uh, in, in the first podcast uh, we were talking about that we can reproducibly uh, produce this, this coating on a 10 by 10 square centimeter uh, yeah, size. Yeah, very small. Yeah. Um, so now uh, what we actually did is that... Uh, we could uh, get the first uh, functional uh, thermochromic coating on a 50 by 50 uh, size. So that's, half meter by half meter. That's something. So eh? that's already uh, a bit of a... a good uh, proce- progress. Yeah, yeah, progress. And that was a very nice uh, nice result. We were very happy when that uh, when our people in the labs realized that. Uh. So you, you, you shared some cake with your colleagues there, <laughs> yeah. I hope. <laughs> yeah, that's what we did. Yeah. So, thank you for your time, uh, Daniel, to answer all of these questions uh, people have. I wish you, of course, a lot of success with the further development of the smart windows. And then I hope uh, you will come back when you have more news to share with us. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Astrid. It was, again, a pleasure to be here. And, of course, if there are new uh, developments or if there are new questions that come up from people, I'm happy to come back. Okay, we'll definitely uh, invite you again. So, thanks again. And uh, thank you, listeners, uh, as well. 
um, for your time. And if you like this podcast, this fourth podcast series of the Brightest Materials Center, um, sharing sustainable innovations, please subscribe and um, hope to see you soon again. Bye.